I'm Sage. And I'm William. And this is Half Half As Well, where we promise Tolkien lore half as much as you should like. Explained half as well as you deserve. Okay, it is time for us to move right along. We are in the second half of book five. So what were these chapters again? The Battle of the Pelennor Fields through the Black Gate Opens. Excellent. We came off of last episode. Uh, It was a really long episode. Um, I'm not sure if this will be as long, but I still really enjoyed this section of the book. I I like what is happening. Yeah. um, The last episode was really all about the buildup to this war. And this is really like we are now in the thick of the war. I always go back and forth, but I might rank this a little higher than the Battle of Helm's Deep. I definitely rank this higher than the Battle of Helm's Deep. I don't know what it was about those chapters. I don't know if I was just like my attention was waning, but um, it didn't draw me in the way that this one did. Eh, Maybe some of that's because Eowyn is in this battle. (laughs) True. I also felt like this battle was built up a lot more. Totally. Um, The Battle of Helm's Deep was really like... All of a sudden, they're like, Gandalf's alive, and he's like, go to Rohan. And then they're like, all right, well, we're going to go to war. And then they're like, the front's broken, go to Helm's Deep. Right. And then quickly really fighting. Quick. Yeah. This like, had so much build up with like them going to the Siege of Gondor and getting the muster of the Rohirrim. Yeah, so without further ado, let's just get right into it. Well, we last left off with the ride of the Rohirrim. Mm-hmm. We saw the Rohirrim came into battle, and they sang as they slew. However, we also know since the end of the Siege of Gondor that the Witch King is now arrived at the battle. Right. And he has, once he heard the horns of Rohan, he left Gandalf at the gates and went to go face the Rohirrim. And that's kind of where this starts with the Witch King descending on the Rohirrim with his, now he's returned from a horse to his fell beast. And uh, all the horses go mad like they do or in the presence of the Ringwraiths. And Snowmane uh, kind of bucks Theoden and falls on him, mortally wounding him. Right. Um, which is kind of a bummer, considering that, like, you know, that, that what a shitty way to go, to be honest. Yeah, well, I appreciate that um, Theoden was killed by his horse. There's an irony there that yeah. I really like. <laughs> um, also, we compared him to, you know, Theoden the Old to Aeorl the Young. And I think Aeorl's father was killed by his own horse. Um, and so I think that was like a little bit callback to that Interesting. Uh, history of the Rohirrim. Right. And I mean, on one hand, it it might be considered better than like actually being destroyed by a foe or something like that. But um, I, yeah. And I well, I just want to say, I think Theoden's heroism is the fact that all of since he's been healed by Gandalf, his whole arc has been going to die in battle. Right. Um, right. Just the resolve like for that, I think is that is his heroism yeah and his like great push yeah. you know this the ride of the rohirrim he leads that so. and before he does die he does kill one of the um i don't know if it's the haradrim leader um they duel yeah so he he does have this victory on the field of battle and then is quickly killed by his own horse um something that i think is really interesting about the the presence of the witch king as well as the other ring wraiths like you said drives the horses mad but it also brings with it this like absolute pallor over the soldiers themselves. Um, they always lose hope as soon as the Nazgul and their riders are yeah. there. Yeah. And especially the Witch King on his fell beast, it's like it, you know, a cloud descends on them. Right. Exactly. Um, where it's just a darkness and many times they kind of just fall to the ground wailing in horror. Right. Like they can't even deal with this. Um. 
one thing I do want to point out is the um, the forces in the Witch King's army. Um, like, we know there are a lot of orcs that came out of Minas Morgul and stuff, but there's so many men described, which I think is really interesting because, you know, if you watch the movies and stuff, it you know, Sauron's armies really seem like all orcs. All orcs, yeah. Um, but really, there's like the Southrons, the Haradrim, the Variags of Khand, uh, the other Easterlings of Rune. And um, I, I just thought that was very interesting that yeah. it's not just these evil beasts of Morgoth that Sauron is controlling right. over. It's men. It's, yeah. He's really has his uh, sights set on taking over the world of men rather than destroying the world of men. Yeah. He wants to, you know, rule over them. So this is when we finally get this awesome reveal with Eowyn. Uh, she is also off of her horse along with Mary on the ground. Um, and then reveals that she's not Durnhelm, she's Eowyn. And uh, pretty fucking awesome. Pretty awesome moment. She's standing up one against one um, against the Witch King and his fell beast. Yeah, and I mean, keep in mind, this is the person that Gandalf feared to face. Right. And here's Eowyn, you know. A woman of her people who <laughs> is tall. And young. That, I, I and think, young also. I think, yeah, I just mainly think of her biggest kind of you know this is her first battle like yeah. this you know i mean she's younger than pippin yeah keep that in mind um she's just um really kind of off on her own and but this is kind of what she's wanted yeah um and there's several illusions with the witch king and death itself yeah. um you know i think he says to gandalf do you not know death when you see yeah. it I, I don't know like we've talked about the illusions with the uh the pale rider of the bible you know, Eowyn is, as we know, someone that is going seeking death in battle. Right. And so she finds death himself in battle and she faces him and conquers. Absolutely. She really nails it, man. Um, but not without the help of Mary. Yeah. We talked about Mary's point in this story is he's someone that feels very left behind. Right. Um, everyone else is on the front lines and stuff. And now he's going to the front lines and he's just like, yeah, what am I going to do in this battle other than be mm-hmm. a nuisance? And um, ironically, Mary has one of the greatest victories of all the hobbits, <laughs> yeah. which is um, playing a role in slaying the Witch King. Right. Uh, as we know, all the way back to the Barrow Downs chapter, uh, he got one of these old blades of the North Kingdom. Right. Which, uh, you know, if you read in the appendices, they had tons of wars with uh, the kingdom of Angmar, which the Witch King was the king of. And so they had spells on them specifically to destroy his undead body Mm. and so when mary stabs him behind the knee that's kind of what i think really breaks the spell that uh his ring of power has over him extending his life and then um eowyn just gives like the death blow to his face um but not without consequence both eowyn and mary are harmed (laughs) by dealing these blows yeah definitely i mean this is almost like frodo getting stabbed i mean they're not stabbed no but it's really interesting it's yeah. interesting to me that like it it's almost as if they were um some of that like sickness yeah the, the black them. breath i think yeah. is what they call it um and i think the black breath as we'll see later in the houses of healing really affects people who already have some sort of um emotional issue 
Yeah, some kind of like emotional battle that they're kind of going yeah, with. It definitely. really makes them despair and lose hope. Right. And as we know, Eowyn has this whole thing with Aragorn. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and we know Faramir <laughs> also has this whole thing with his father. Totally. Um, so they're, th- very, that was... they're very much downtrodden at this moment. Yeah. yeah, and kind of like losing the will to like hold on. But Amir swoops in and is able to protect them. Because then the the Rohirrim, upon learning that Theoden has died, um, well, they want to get his body out of the. They battle. want to get his body out of the, but they also it it supplies the army with new vigor. Oh, definitely. Um, instead of just this like valiant sing song, like we are warriors, it then becomes this death blow of yeah. This... Well, and I would say it doesn't even get to that point until Amir sees Eowyn right. and thinks she's dead, right? Um, cause at first he's just sitting there like listing off like, oh, and so-and-so fell but slide Theoden and we will remember him in song. Right. Then he sees Eowyn and he's just like, what? <laughs> what? And then they're like, he doesn't death, even wait. Death. 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 <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, and this is cool. also when he's like essentially crowned king of yeah. Rohan. Yeah. And so this is his first act as king is, uh, marching to his, or charging rather to his death. Yeah. I love the Rohirrim, and whether it is uh, Theoden going to seek his redemption through death, Eowyn going to seek death in battle, and now Eomer, like, whatever. If there's no one left to sing songs about us, who cares? We're going to make a, a stand worthy of song anyway. They're very, like, uh, like the Spartans, almost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, we've talked about them being very Viking-like, and, yeah, and yeah. this is very, like, Valhalla kind of vibes of... Uh, you know, finding your righteous death in battle. Uh, I just love how just fucking metal they are. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that line at the end of the Ride of the Rohirrim chapter, and they sang as they slew. Right, yeah. Um, it's like, these guys, like... These guys are a little intense. <laughs> <laughs> they just live for death and battle. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It makes me think of, like, the whole Where Was Gondor when the Westfold fell. It was like... Even if uh, Gondor wasn't their allies, they're like, these are guys that just want to go fight and die. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so, like, of course they're going to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, Eomer is now, like, kind of leading the charge of the battle, and um, Prince Imrahil is coming out to the battle. And even though they kind of have this renewed vigor after Theoden's death, you know, more reinforcements kind of sweep up from the ports on Anduin. And Amer is kind of charged so far ahead, he's kind of cut off. And then suddenly they see, like, their last stroke of doom. They see the, the black sails of the black ships coming up from the south. Right. And they're already outnumbered. And this is exactly what they feared, um, that the people of the southern Gondor couldn't hold the uh, Corsairs of Umbar. This is kind of like when Denethor's despair just like spreads to the... Because Denethor's seen this. Right, yeah. And now everyone else is seeing it and it's like spreading through the whole city. Everyone is just instantly like, well, (laughs) we're dead. Yeah. Um, This is is over This is the end. And like I said, this is a very apocalyptic battle. It's like if Gondor falls, it's like then this is the fall of the rest of the Western world. And it's dark really up until this next moment yeah well yeah with the the ships coming from the south there's also a wind blowing them which will you know uh clear the clouds and another great reveal the ships are awesome yeah well <laughs> who the like well, then happened. all of a sudden the standard breaks and it's with the white tree with the seven stars which is the the sign of gondor and arnor the north kingdom uh the signs of elendil and aragorn leaps out of the ships with an army at his back and it's this great moment that goes from absolute despair 
to absolute joy and right. uh, salvation in the manner of seconds. Right. Um, I really like it. Tolkien actually coined this term called a you catastrophe, <laughs> which is like this sudden turn in a story right. where, and I think this is one of the best examples of it, where just on a dime, you, you know, you realize that this is why it's wrong to despair because you never quite know. Is that spelled like Eucharist? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, and a lot of Tolkien's heroes are very much like never despair right. uh, until you like absolutely can see the end beyond all doubt. And um, even though it's like, it seems like such a sure thing that, you know, we're dead. Here come the Corsairs. It's no, uh, yeah. there was this battle happening to the South that we will find out about in later chapters right. uh, that went down. And um, so, yeah, never, never despair. That's kind of the message there. And um, now we have the titular like return of the king. Aragorn comes to deliver his people in time of need. Yeah, it's a victory. It is a huge victory. Uh, the the winds change really quickly. And yeah, and like you said, the winds literally, literally change. And uh, now the sun is coming down and um, it is like shorn apart the clouds. And of course, there's a bro reunion, as always. And I think what Lord of the Rings is great at is just like separating friends and then having them come back together so they can high five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah moments. like you're, you're talking about aragorn and amir yeah. yeah yeah it's uh it's really great you know he said like i i told you we would meet again even though all the hosts of mordor may be between us and, right uh they're just like yeah and i mean now this is like again the king of gondor and the king of rohan right. meeting on the field of battle defending gondor yeah um so it's just a great moment and like a again sign of uh battles to come where aragorn and amir will forever be allies together throughout their reigns and that brings us to the next chapter yeah the pyre of denethor which again like we talked in the last chapter these chapters really do go back and forth and like yeah i think what i i really appreciate about his writing in the this section is that he understood the need to not do what he often does which is you know meet up with characters and have the characters recount every little thing that happened which sometimes that's appropriate but like i like that we get to focus in on the specific goings on for each of these kind of locations like outside of Menas Tirith, inside of Menas Tirith. yeah yeah denethor really fucking sad this is a big bummer um but the the good part is that you know he doesn't get his full he doesn't get the death he fully wanted right with Faramir's with death. Faramir's death as well yeah. of course Gandalf is aroused to the the reality of Denethor's waning mentality and um, decides not to enter the battlefield and something he says is that you know many will die because I'm not going on to battle but like we have to not let like Faramir be, be killed by his own father. Yeah. And I do want to talk about that specifically because also earlier, this is right when Theoden is dying on the right. field. And earlier Mary is like, why isn't Gandalf here? Surely he could have prevented this. Right. Yeah. So Tolkien's definitely drawing this uh, inflection moment in time where if Gandalf did not help save Faramir, he could have saved Theoden. Right. But he made a choice there and Theoden died because he chose to save Faramir, which ties back beautifully to when Theoden found out about Boromir's death. 
and he was like you know it's so terrible that these days are now mine where the uh young parish and the old linger right exactly. and so now for boromir's brother who's and you know about to die gandalf has this choice you know theoden or faramir and now the um the old dies a redemptive death right and the young is able to live a fulfilling life afterwards and fulfill a very important role as the new steward of gondor absolutely and also as we'll eventually see, bring happiness to Eowyn, which is all Theoden really wants. Right. And I think, you know, also Theoden's death is a perfect foil for Denethor's death. Yes. Which, like, while Theoden's death is sort of, like, karmically aligned with what he wants and and what he has been working for and uh, leaves a lineage of pride behind him and and, um, it's the end that he chose, Denethor's death is, like, needless completely in vain it is yeah. only the result of an addled mind well as, as they Sauron. say like pride and despair yeah that's, absolutely you know, that's denethor's two big flaws and you know it is such a bummer like it, he also i mean denethor is a perfect foil as well for aragorn in the sense that they both looked into the palantirs right they both saw Things that affected them deeply and were scary. <laughs> and aged them before their time. Right. But Denethor... Is the one that cracked. He spins out about it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he also has like the death of one of his sons and the potential right. death of his other son now. Yeah. And the end of his line to weigh on him. Right. And yeah, it's really sad to me because, you know, they do say that he went up one last time and they saw like in his tower the lights and stuff. And... You know, I have to believe that one of the things that finally overthrew his mind was, you know, they say the Palantir cannot lie, but he saw, he probably saw the Black Fleet coming up. Yeah. And he was like, well, that's it. And um, not knowing that it was Aragorn. However, he always felt that like with Aragorn will come the end of my line. And this is what causes him to kill himself. Yeah. And at the end, it's not even so much about, you know, I mean, Gandalf is trying to talk reason into him and and say, you know, like the king is coming, (laughs) like there's no reason for you. And then we get this look into something that's been clear about Denethor and a little bit about Boromir all along, which is that they were not satisfied just being stewards or like they were only satisfied being stewards when that was necessary um he has no desire to be alive and watch his kingdom go to the rightful heir of uh i forget what he says but it's something about like this long lost line of a sealed or um and he really kind of like sullies the the concept of it yeah well and there is a little bit of history behind denethor's rejection of aragorn um like we said that um, Asildor was heir to the northern line. He was once the king of Gondor with his brother. Right. He co-ruled Gondor. Mm. And before he left Gondor to go rule Arnor, he committed the rule of Gondor to his brother's heirs. Mm, I and, got you. Okay. And the north line was going to be the heirs of Asildor. So at one point, one of Aragorn's ancestors... Um, a descendant of Asildor, went to Gondor and tried to claim the throne. And the stewards rejected him. Because they were like, 
you are of the line of a Sealdor, and so you can rule. You can rebuild the North Kingdom and rule it all you want. Which Arnor is like completely destroyed at this point. Is that? I the think case? this was the last king of Arnor that did that. Oh, okay. but um, but yeah. like in the in the time of the book, yeah. So, uh, but the, yeah, they were like, yeah, you can um, you can rule the North all you want. We don't care about that. You have total right to that. But this is the heirs of a Sealdor's brother. So now there is, like, no heirs living at all, or anyone, like, a distant cousin. Aragorn is the only heir of either line. But still, there has been this sort of legal precedent been set that an heir of a sealdor from the north came down, tried to claim it, the stewards rejected it. And now Denethor is like, you know, he would probably definitely would have invoked that if Aragorn had tried that. Yeah. Um, And this is why Aragorn is, I think it is so important to him to win over Boromir and Faramir. Yeah, I was going to say, you know. Because he knows Denethor from back in the day, and he knows he has no love for him. Well, and it's wild how much love there was between Boromir and Aragorn. Yeah. So, sadly, Denethor does kill himself on the pyre. Um, They sort of shut the door so they don't have to witness the monstrosity of his death. But they are able to save Faramir. And, uh, and also, I want to give a good shout out to Baragond here. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. He like kills it, man. He he kills his own brothers. Yeah. Um, Which is like crazy. But he's, I mean, he's doing it for Faramir, obviously. Well, and, but and it's I still think still very sad. It It's kind of wild how we talked about this a little bit last episode, how faithful um, the like servants are. The guards are just like willing to kill the steward line yeah well i i just <laughs> and love, it's why it's i like, love how much on. this critiques following political leaders when they're just insane um just because they're the leader yeah um and i mean again we talked like this is why we have the 25th amendment yeah is like uh yeah denethor is definitely unfit for office at no this point. absolutely and and like it's so lucky that pippin had made a connection with baragund and his son and and had really yeah, because otherwise there would have been no one really to listen to him. No, um, exactly. I, I never thought about that. His friendship with Baragon does really... Oh, I mean, it's absolutely um, what kind of is yeah. like, hey, there's a bigger issue going on here. We, like, need Faramir to be alive. He's not dead yet. This is stupid. Yeah. And uh, I, the, I know we kind of have already gotten past it, but the part that really gets me is when they're trying to stop him and from burning him, and he pulls out a knife, and he's literally about to stab Faramir and kill yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I, I think the movies do a poor job of representing Denethor. However, I mean, at least in that, he was only yeah. trying to burn Faramir. Like, he truly thought Faramir was already dead. Yeah. Uh, in the book, it's like, he's just trying to kill him. He's like, we're all yeah. going to die. Yeah, I think he knows that, that Faramir is not dead. Like, he, he talks or about Or even him... when he finds that out that he's not, it doesn't make a difference. And, he's yeah. like, I'm still going to kill him. And he, he talks about him burning up. You know, like, this, there's this whole connection between, like, the fever that Faramir has because he's injured and, like, the fire, the funeral pyre that uh, Denethor is trying to ignite. Mm-hmm. Gandalf saves Faramir. And um, so, fortunately, now there is a continuation of the steward's <laughs> yeah. bloodline. Which I, I think is important, and this takes us into the Houses of Healing. Because Aragorn, as we know, he um, he chose not to enter the city as king. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to camp out as chieftain of the Dúnedain, um, just an ally in this war. Because, like, he knows, like, yeah, Denethor just died. Like, I'm not going to try to, like, 
roll up and claim the kingship right in the middle of this uh, constitutional (laughs) crisis. Yeah, so I think... I like how smart he is here. I don't know if we've talked about this difference between the movies and the books, but um, something I've always heard you complain about the movies is that Aragorn is presented as this guy who's like not really sure if he wants to take on the throne um, and he's not as confident as he is in the book yeah. uh, it's not necessarily his quest yet in the movies yeah. it becomes that but i i would say where they're getting that from is stuff like this yeah well the whole thing is like aragorn is still plagued by self-doubt in the yeah, books and yeah. like he's not confident um but he's not like someone else should leave like, like he knows he's gonna be king yeah. like he knows like he's been training his whole life for this moment but it's rather like am i worthy of it He's like, he knows right. it has to happen. And he, he knows this is what he wants for his people, for like all the history of uh, his bloodline who hasn't been king. Yeah. And, but he's, um, he's pretty concerned about not spooking people. He doesn't want yeah, to well, just reveal himself I just as think heir. he's smart. No, um, I agree. I, I think so too. Like, I do think his, um, his play as Throngil way back in the day was a play to get to the throne. Um, but then I do think he realized Denethor was not ready for that. Yeah. As soon as Ecthelion died, Denethor would be steward and he was not going to accept his claim. So Aragorn, like, he was like, no, I'm a Numenorian. I have this long lifespan. I might just wait for his sons (laughs) and see if I can win them over. Like I can be 80 and do this shit. Yeah. I mean, Aragorn's still young, essentially. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just like how I, I like more of the, uh, you know, the Gondor court politics that are at play here. Sure. Um, I like how smart Aragorn's trying to be. Um, it's not just as simple as I'm the heir of Sildor, therefore I should rule Gondor. Yeah. Um, so we're finally in this kind of stage of rest and healing. It's still stressful because we're not sure how Eowyn or Mary or Faramir are going to be. But I would say when I reached this chapter, it was like, I could finally breathe yeah. out because all of the crazy fighting is like taking a and It's rest also called the right houses now. of healing. You know, yeah. even people that are hurt will probably find healing. Right. Here. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I really loved this. I, uh, you know, it soon becomes clear that it's not a normal malady that is harming any of these three main characters that we are concerned about. And uh, that it's actually an old wives' tale and the help of the new king that, that is going to heal them. Um, I really love this kind of back the, and forth. The hands of the king are the hands of uh, the healer. Yeah, exactly. So there's so many parts of this scene that just like strike a chord with me. So first of all, I want to say I love, you know, Tolkien just slipping in a lot of feminist sentiment. I don't know how conscious that was, but... He presents this uh, male healer character who is um, kind of putting down the idea that King's Foil, which is this herb that Mm -hmm. um, one of the the female healers has said, you know, like, oh, yeah, the, the hands of the king are the hands of a healer. He kind of puts this down as an old wives tale and is like, ah, these women like don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They don't understand. It's just a a nice herb that people, you know, make into tea. Old people drink it because like they're suspicious of stuff. And (laughs) immediately Gandalf is just like, um, 
you mean you don't have any of it in your like herbal stores? Well, you're like fucked. That's stupid. So there's this mad dash to find King's foil. And then it's proven to be exactly what is needed. It's a very powerful herb in the hands of the king, who is Aragorn. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Um, that's a really interesting reading of that because I've always almost seen this as a little sexist. Really? Um, well, there's a, well, not that part of it. I, like, oh, I, I okay, do agree okay. with that take. Um, it's more that uh, Ireth, well, she's like just so long-winded, and like they're making <laughs> jokes at her expense about that, and he's just like. Well, and like, you know, if we can't find any like shadow facts, we'll take her to the southern fields and, and he'll show her the meaning of haste. And, right. Because like, yeah. Faramir's dying and she's just like, well, like, do you need blah, blah, blah. And it's just like. I get it. Yeah, There's yeah, like yeah. this kind of like, oh my God, this old lady won't shut up. A meandering up. old lady. Like, yeah. yeah. But um, I like that there's this this balance of like within the meanderings of an old woman. There's is, the truth. Is of, the truth. Yeah. And well, I think earlier they talked about uh, Fangorn Forest and they say something mm-hmm. about old wives tales. Yeah. They're like, maybe you should believe those old wives yeah. tales because <laughs> yeah. maybe they're not just old crazy wives. Yeah, like, exactly. They have wisdom. Um, um, so that's that's the first thing that I just like absolutely adore. Yeah, there's a lot of comedy in that chapter, I think. Just yeah, like definitely. You can definitely tell Gandalf and uh, Aragorn's um, frustration with these people. Yeah. Whether it's Ireth or like the head of the, the, right. the male head of the uh, ward or whatever. They're just like, someone for the love of God, give <laughs> me some fucking apple. Yeah, it's like, exactly. I don't care what it's called. Right. I don't care where you can find. Just just get it. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. The second thing I just absolutely love, and we got into this last week as well, is that Aragorn is like a master of power. He, you know, we've seen him go up against Sauron through the Palantir. Um, we've seen him bridge this gap between him and the the ghosties. Um, he's able to broker deals sort of between the mundane and the magical in a way that at least for me I had only ever attributed to Gandalf in this slew of characters. I don't think we get to see a lot of Aragorn's magical capabilities within the Peter Jackson. Yeah, it's movies. just like he's not a normal man. No, um, he's not like and I and this, I really love that about these books. And that's why I I don't know, especially with the Aragorn Boromir chapters, yes. it's like I think you need to keep in mind Boromir is the only normal man here. Yeah, Um, totally. He is the only one that is representative of us. Like, even hobbits have this kind of uncanny ability to heal and withstand. And Aragorn is just, he's just not a normal man. No, not at all. Um, He's much more akin to elves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and just almost, I would say, Gandalf as, as well. He just has this greater knowing like the elves, but he's also able to manipulate things and, and kind of craft things in a way that yeah. we don't see necessarily from many of the elves in this and, story. And well, I think there is a part in the story where Mary is like uh, Aragorn. Yeah. He's kind of like almost seems akin to Gandalf. Yeah. And well, I think it's worth noting that Aragorn is descended from one of the Maiar. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Maiar who wandered the gardens of Lorien, uh, the god of dreams, mm. who also Melian, Luthien's mother, mm-hmm. who Aragorn is descended from, also was from that area and served that god. So I do think there is a relationship between Aragorn's ancestor Melian and Gandalf, mm. or Aloran, who is Gandalf's true form. So in a way, 
Gandalf is sort of like Aragorn's Maya uncle. Yeah. <laughs> In a way that Elrond is his elvish uncle, Gandalf is his like Maya uncle. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to say something really quickly about Gandalf, which I meant to bring up last episode because it was very clear. Something I didn't perceive before was just how much people kind of look at Gandalf as like a suspicious character. You know, we we see the the hobbits kind of be like, oh, Gandalf's so fun, but like, oh, wizards are trouble. But we're like, that's that's what hobbits think. But then we see both Rohan and Gondor have similar first impressions with with Gandalf, or at least biases, especially from Denethor. Um, He is like, absolutely, I will not be following the orders of a wizard. Are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that going back to the uh, days of Denethor's father as a steward, when Aragorn was Thorongil and a counselor there, you know, they said that even though Ecthelion gave greater love to Aragorn than to Denethor, Aragorn and Denethor's counsel wasn't that different to him. Mm. Um, other than the fact that Aragorn was like, we should put our faith in Gandalf as a counselor. And Denethor was like, we should put our faith in Saruman. Ooh. Um, that was their big differing point in their counsel to Ecthelion. Right. Um, and at that point, had Saruman fallen already? Yes, I think so. Um, I think that, like, that's a long enough span of time. Yeah, because I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he... It's hard to convert, like, human years to, I, I know, I was just thinking, <laughs> I was like, well, during years. the events of The Hobbit, when they assaulted Dol Guldur, Aragorn was ten. And, like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But I, I think he had at least had designs of his own to, like, if not join with Sauron, uh, try to become a power on his own right. Sure. So, definitely. But... Denethor is a man that he sent his son Boromir away to go on this errand, and now he's already... We see he regrets that. But I, I'd have to imagine that also the knowledge that Saruman had betrayed the free people of the West has to weigh heavily on his mind. Totally. Like, he's like... He's just been He's wrong. a prideful man, and yeah. like he finds out all these years ago Aragorn was right. Yeah. And that has to sting. Totally. Back to the text for a second... They heal Faramir first. I feel like here Aragorn's almost performing exorcisms on people. Mm. He's kind of going around expelling the darkness yeah. and recalling them back. Well, I, I love that, you know, he we know he's met Denethor. We know he's met Boromir. He's never met Faramir before. And the first thing Faramir says when he comes to Aragorn's like in this it's state. like a trance state. Yeah, he's like, yeah, they say that he's like calling Faramir back yeah. to them. Faramir. Yeah. <laughs> And Faramir wakes and he's like, I heard you call and I have come. What does the king command? Yeah. Uh, Instantly, he's like, you are the king. Yeah. Um, Which I just love. I mean, here's the the steward and the king, which I mean, is the title of a later chapter. I just, I love that. And and not only that, but we have these people around them hearing this. We know how beloved Faramir is in the city. Yeah. And so Faramir awaking, seeing this man he's never met, he just says, uh, what does the king command? You know, word of this goes out through the city. Mm-hmm. Even though there hasn't been like a legal transfer of power here yet, that will come later. It almost feels like there has been. Also, one thing I want to note is that they say when Aragorn enters the city, he enters as Strider, which I find very interesting. You know, he really kind of sneaks in. And they say that all he wore, though, was uh, the Elisar, the Elfstone. Right. 
which again, if you read that part in Unfinished Tales, it talks about how it has these sort of healing powers. And this was made by Celebrimbor, the forger of the Rings of Power, and he gave it to Galadriel as a gift before he gave her later the Ring of Power. Um, and this is what she used to kind of like heal her lands and before she got her ring to really secure her realm. And now she's passed it on to Aragorn. And, you know, Aragorn makes a note that I wish Elrond was here. He obviously has the greater healing powers. And we saw that earlier. He healed yeah. Frodo of the wound of the Witch King. And these yeah. are wounds essentially of the Nazgul and the Witch King. Um, but I think the reason that Aragorn is stepping up here now and being able to heal where he wasn't with Frodo is the fact that he does now have the Elfstone. Yeah. This really is part of that passing the torch from elves to men. Where it is like, all right, now it is your um, time to heal the hurts of this world. Yeah. Yeah, then he goes from Faramir, he goes to Eowyn. And I just gotta say, you all know what's up already. I love the conversations all the men have about Eowyn as as they think she's dead. um, Where they... And again, this is why I think that she originally was this love interest for Aragorn yeah. before the Arwen Luthien retcon happened in his journey to publishing this story. Yeah. Um, is like they talk at length about like, oh, the the cold maiden, you know, and like she's got issues. Like <laughs> she's been pretty bummed out. And Amir's like, really? Like I didn't know if she, I didn't think she was bummed out and they're like, well, you know, she's a girl. So things kind of suck for her a little yeah. bit more. And well, Amir's like, well, I didn't notice anything until you came. Yeah. And he's like, and I hold you blameless in that. Yeah. He's, <laughs> but he's basically he's a bro, like, obviously he's, about it. But. He's basically like, yeah, she, she like fell really hard for you, dude. She's been pretty fucking bummed out since she met you. Um, which I just think is hilarious that they're talking about it. And then they're like, no, she was cold before that. Like, and then Gandalf kind of explains like, well, Amir, you are a man and you get to do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, which is very much in line with your like warrior spirit. But for someone who has that warrior spirit and is like their duty is to the home. It's like, yeah, that seems very ignoble. She was relegated to being beside Theoden, a man she cared deeply for and watching his decline into being a servant of evil, kind of just through neglect and, and unwittingly. And then and there's nothing she can do about it. Yeah, as ignoble as the cane he might use to walk is is how it's compared. And yeah. um, I really love this part. Like, I, I, again, I think this is like awesome as far as fleshing out Eowyn's motivation and and character a little more and i think it's funny that all these guys are like talking like they're just sitting well, around talking, talking about her about love it. for aragorn <laughs> yeah, and, like, no, yeah. and well i i love aragorn's part where he's just like you know there's nothing so like bitter as like a you know a love that a man knows he can't return yeah i mean um, he talks at length about how like great she is you know and and, and and how much it hurts him that he can't love her i know it's uh, I get it. I get it. Like Arwen, right? Liv Tyler. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I think that's one of the best castings. Because like, that makes me believe that like he would yeah. totally give up all that for oh, her. Yeah, totally. like, I'm like, okay. Yeah, so I get it. I get it. And I'm sure when I read the appendices that I'll be like, okay. Yeah. The tale of Aragorn and Arwen is pretty great. Okay, yeah. I, I love it. But this is pretty great too. And I, I'm just... um. 
you know, all I can say is I'm I'm pretty excited to see Eowyn's actual future love. Yeah, but, to see where this goes from yeah. here. Um, and then they, they revive uh, Mary, who, <laughs> of course, being a hobbit, he's just like, I'm well again. Yeah. <laughs> and well, this is honestly one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie where... I don't think it happens exactly the same uh, where Mary goes up into the city and then wanders off and kind of passes out. Yeah. Uh, and the movie is they, Mary, Pippin finds him on the field oh, battle. yeah. But I just, I love the reunion of Mary and so Pippin. So sweet. He's just like, no, I'm, I'm going to take care of you, Mary. Yeah. Um, And he's like, am I going to die? And, and then later when he's in the houses of healing, it's like Pippin is struck with this sudden feeling where he's like, and in that moment he felt that Mary might actually die. Yeah. And... Oh, that always gets me really. Uh, I, I can know. hear it in your voice. You're about to cry. <laughs> You're tearing up right now, man. Yeah, I, just, I love Mary and Pippin, man. Yeah, I know. No, it is a really sweet, um, in a different way than. The and Frodo it's like at least Sam. Frodo and Sam got to stay together. I mean, they're oh, going into the worst part of the story, but at least they're together. Well, and Mary and Pippin are. I would say Frodo and Sam always have this like extremely precious relationship. Haha, <laughs> precious. But like you know, they they view each other as like very precious in a way that like Mary and Pippin never get so deep. But somehow, because they're just so like jolly and frivolous, when they're it serious, makes, it makes it's it so, so serious. It's so like, much like, oh, yeah. Yeah. when it's like, oh, Pippin thinks Mary might die. It's oh, like, yeah. oh my God. That, totally. That's, uh, yeah. It's a lot. But everyone is kind of set on a path of healing. And I, I think it's really funny that they're like, oh, the Hobbit, he'll like lay down for the next day or so and he should be fine to like be on his way tomorrow but these these humans should like stay down for like 10 days <laughs> yeah. and i like how the head doctor's just like yeah those halflings are uh <laughs> they're, tough they're tough little people tough man. dudes man yeah yeah that's great and then i love how aragorn then just now had the rumor has spread throughout the city about aragorn and people are coming to him now and being like will you heal all these people yeah and so he just throughout the night he goes and heals people and then he disappears into the night. Yeah. <laughs> um, this to me is when Aragorn is at his most Jesus-like. Yeah, totally. Uh, he is the healer. It's not just that he came and delivered them in the midst of battle. Now he is healing the people that were affected by that battle yeah. in the aftermath. Um, and this to me is the true like return of the king. Is when the people of the city are just like, the king has returned. And he is now healing his people. And that takes us to the last debate where we catch back up with Legolas and Gimli. And they tell us what happened after we left uh, Aragorn on the Paths of the Dead. Right. They they sort of just do exactly what I was talking about earlier where we meet up with a character and they tell us like everything. <laughs> this is basically like the Flotsam and Jetsam chapter where yeah. Mary and Pippin recount the Battle of Isengard. Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah. Um, and they basically talk about how they came in league with the army of the dead and how they got to where they are now. Yeah. And, you know, they march down and they uh, fight this big battle um, with the Corsairs of Umbar, the king of the dead and the army of the dead are there. And it says, you know, that they use their weapons of fear. Right. Uh, it's like, they don't even need their real weapons. Uh, the weapon of the fear of the dead. And we see this with the ring wraiths too, mm-hmm. is that they don't have too much physical power. Yeah. Um, except maybe in the case of like the witch king, when he's imbued with Sauron's power. Um, but and, they have this power of fear that just drives them like 
their enemies insane, essentially. And Gimli notes how, like, both ironic and fitting it is for Sauron's host to be defeated yeah, by For this. the necromancer to be yeah. defeated by ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's great. And again, ties back into that whole thing about evil being sort of self-defeating. I think the most mm. significant part of this uh, recounting is um, what Aragorn decides to do after the battle is fought, which is dismiss these spirits and and he releases them from their earthly binding and and lets them be at rest yeah i mean it's not like in the movies where the ghosts fight in the battle of the pelinor fields all they really do is liberate southern gondor so that aragorn can then bring the people of southern gondor up and rally up an army of actual gondorians to the fight once we're kind of caught up now on that and how aragorn was able to make it in time to the battle we get this last debate amongst the captains uh we got gandalf aragorn amir the king of rohan we have prince imrahil as a counselor to aragorn and they're debating now that they've won gondor's freedom for the moment uh what do we do now yeah i really dig this i wouldn't say it's my favorite chapter but it's my favorite admin chapter uh, as far as like, let's just have a bunch of people sit down and talk about something. Yeah. It's still very engaging. And yeah. well, it reminds me of like the white rider chapter where Gandalf just appears. And then he tells them like, here's everything that's going on in Rohan. Uh, here's what <laughs> yeah. Sauron's thinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, like one thing I do appreciate about Gandalf the white is that he's really able to give a lot of insight into what Sauron's thinking. Yeah, I was... In a way that Gandalf the Grey wasn't. I was thinking about that when I was reading. You know, Gandalf really knows the mind of Sauron more than anyone else at this point in the story. Gandalf, of all people in Middle-earth, has been the one who has most recently been sent back to Valinor, I guess? Or wherever his spirit (laughs) went. um, Yeah. And sent back. So he has the most, like, up-to-date... Intel. Intel from Valinor and from Iluvatar. So he really knows what he's talking about here. And he's basically saying, like, you know, Denethor may have been crazy, but he was on to one thing. Like, there is no final, you know, the only end to this is to kind of press this through to see it through the end game. And essentially, I love what they decide to do. Um, They basically decide that the best way to continue on because they know they can never triumph over Sauron on the battlefield. Yeah. That is impossible to do and, without And the this one is ring. what really kind of drove Denethor insane. It's like right. once he realized that, he was like, well, then there's no point. But it's like... Because we know how he felt about Frodo's... The plan with Frodo is right. like, that's folly. Yeah. Um, but Gandalf is not ready to despair on that yet. Yeah. And so Gandalf is like, well, we've got to stick to the plan that we have, which is that... The ring will be destroyed by Frodo and his party. And the best thing we can do right now is absolutely distract from that part of our plan. Completely buy him time. And it's really interesting, this concept of like, okay, you're the king and we're going to pretend like you have the ring. Yeah, and and this all ties back into the plan Aragorn's already put into action. He's already on board. He's like, that's why I looked into the Palantir, is like, I want Sauron's eye on me, not on Frodo. Right, exactly. They essentially decide to take a host and just march it to Mordor, even though they have no <laughs> true intention of of that being the place yeah. of the, the true battle. Yeah, I mean, which is, I mean, they're all essentially going on a suicide. Mission. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, 
I love that this happens right after, like we said, the return of the king. Right. Aragorn has returned to his people. He's proven to his people he is worthy to be the king. He saved them on the field of battle. He healed them in in the peacetime after the battle. And now he's like, well, I'm going to go on the suicide mission to maybe buy Frodo more time. Who knows if he's even alive or dead? Right. But that's literally the only thing we can do. Yeah, exactly. Um, Um, It's a very desperate move, but it's kind of like the only move. This is also the chapter in which Aragorn's kingship is first really supported by a group of political leaders mm-hmm. um other than just of yeah. course you know and well he's still not legally the king no and yeah. he's he's still very like humble in his approach to the the kingship right. he is just like hey i won't ask anyone to follow me as king and then everyone's like hey uh, i love you man like of course well, i'll follow you in anywhere into battle yeah this chapter reminds me a lot of um kind of the council of elrond mm-hmm. it's yeah. you know it ends with just being like i'm not gonna like tell you what to do but if you take this upon yourself then like let's do it right and so like a fellowship is formed <laughs> you know there's Amer and Emerhill and gandalf and aragorn um and even as we'll find out like pippin goes with them. yeah and so um but yeah they're saying like i'm not going to force you to go only if you want to go of your own free will right that's how you get into this company yeah and so um much like you know the council of Elrond was decided what should we do with this ring um take it to mordor and throw it in the mount doom <laughs> uh the the result of this council after listening to the uh, advice of gandalf is to well we're going to march to mordor um and try to buy frodo and sam more time And even on the way, this kind of soft power approach from Aragorn is continued. Uh, There there comes a point at at a crossroads where he ends up releasing a a number of soldiers. He basically says, Yeah, and and that's like the the Black Gate opens (laughs) chapter when they're they're marching towards Mordor. Yeah. And he basically says, Hey, you don't have to come. Because he notices that everyone is despairing (laughs) and they're all. Yeah, well, once they reach like the Dead Marshes area, it's like they've like left the lands of the living and yeah he basically is like all of these men all of these soldiers they've grown up their entire lives with mordor being like this source of fear but also kind of like a bedtime story like a cautionary now they're there now they're there and that's so horrible and he he sort of has a lot of empathy for that situation so he says you know you don't have to come with us you can actually uh, go to this other place and as long as you hold it in the name of gondor if you can take it back over that's great but you know do what you can there and um i like that it says that some of the soldiers are like kind of offended by his like softness with them well, that his his mercy drives yeah. them to want to stay and they're like of course i'm gonna stay and then others are like thank god there's something i can do other yeah than which just I, I think is like dad. a great Again, Aragorn, I think, shows throughout the story great leadership qualities. Yeah, absolutely. Where here he's just like, he's not going to, like, they say that, in, you know, it's pity instead of wrath. I think, right. like, Denethor would have been wrathful. <laughs> um, like, what do you mean you're not going to defend Gondor? But yeah. Aragorn's like, no, I get it. <laughs> like, no, I get it. Like, I mean, this is Mordor. We're and, talking and, about. and he gives them another option, which shows, I think, his wisdom, too. Is just like, hey, like, if you guys 
don't want, aren't up for this, you can also do this. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, cool, I will gladly do this. And eventually they make their way to Mordor. They're yeah, at the Black Gate. They're pretty much at the same spot Frodo and Sam and Gollum are at. Um, yeah, which is very eerie. You know, it's interesting to think like, oh, yeah, this is the place that Gollum was like, you can't go in there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and again, it's, you know, similar that these characters have no intention of going in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and here we meet the Mouth of Sauron. Love it. Big fan. Yeah, like, fucking awesome he's horror great. character he, like greatest character that i wish i knew way more oh about. i want the entire backstory i am going to be looking up mouth of sauron fan fiction tonight and <laughs> seeing where that leads me but yeah i love the mouth of sauron i love that it's stated that he is not an orc or like a witch king kind of character he but i love to say he's crueler than any he's orc. yeah he's crueler than any orc he's actually um, a dark Numenorian is how he's described. Yeah, yeah, the black Numenorian. Yeah, the black, sorry, the black Numenorian. Because years ago during, you know, the age of Numenorians, like conquests and settlements of Middle-earth, there were many that turned to evil. Right. And it's even said that three of the ringwraiths were Numenorian lords in mm. Middle-earth, um, including the Witch King was probably one of those. So this is like more or less a normal guy. <laughs> yeah, but he he is kind of in this sort of in-between place where I, I would say this is what the Witch King was probably like in his younger days. Sure. When Sauron offered him a ring of power. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and he's there to barter, which I personally think is already a huge tell that Sauron's pretty spooked, um, you know, to not just like destroy this host um, or like, I don't, I don't know, but... Basically, um, he's there to proffer a deal, which is an interesting deal. I, I don't think it's the deal I expected from just kind of my my uninformed perspective of these stories, uh, where he's basically like, yeah, you're just like gonna live, but like, you're gonna let us do whatever the fuck we want. And whoever is in charge of Isengard, which you're gonna help rebuild, is kind of going to be your overlord but you can yeah. do whatever you want with your lands and your people um yeah and it's hinted that he will be the new lord <laughs> yeah. of Isengard, and basically like sauron will rule all the lands east of the anduin and yeah. the mouth of sauron will rule all the lands west yeah um from isengard but yeah he also shows them these tokens of like frodo yeah um and as we like know in the story like the last we saw he was taken um, by the orcs and we we found out last minute he was alive right so we still don't know his fate no at this point and it it seems bleak yeah however gandalf rejects his terms yeah and <laughs> well i think part of it too is like remember sauron thinks that aragorn had the ring right when frodo and sam were sneaking into mordor sauron was aware there were spies sneaking into mordor that's why he sent the orcs there right exactly um and the mouth of Sauron refers to them as spies. Yes, and it, he, the the mouth of Sauron clearly thinks he's doing kind of like some clever work here and like fucking around with yeah, manipulating um, them yeah. with their like yeah, like yeah. oh, clearly these people meant a lot to you, these spies. But what he's revealing is that he actually knows nothing about the re the true reason that well, Frodo and Sam. And were I think in the Mordor. reason Gandalf rejects the terms is because he realizes that 
if y'all had the ring, we would know by now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're just referring to them as spies and like whether or not Frodo is dead, y'all don't have the ring. Yeah, like you don't understand what's in your midst at all. Yeah, and, you don't know how important Frodo was. Right. And so like the best we can do is continue on with our plan. <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, so they rejected and then they... <laughs> and I love that he grabs all of these tokens. He says, we will take these. I will accept these. And he, he just He's like, grabs... I reject your terms utterly, but these I will take. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, that's um, great. Um, but then, uh, yeah, then battle is inevitable. Right. And battle starts. And then it cuts back to our POV character, Pippin. Yes. I, I love this part oh, at the really very good. end. Yeah. Um, this and, is like, and really sad. This reminds me almost of Sam's part that you said we could turn into a, a single person play. Yeah. Um, where it's just this like very reflective and interesting moment in Pippin's journey. Yeah. And well, I think it's a great cliffhanger too, because yeah. this is the end of one of these six books that make up the Lord of the Rings. And it seems to end with Pippin's death. Yeah. Um, He's fighting a troll and a troll comes over Baragond and he stabs and he kills the troll chief. Uh, so he has like kind of a bit of a epic thing to add to, you know, <laughs> Ma- Ma- Mary didn't come to this battle, but um, he s- helps slay the witch king. And right. well, I actually did slay the troll chief. Yeah. Um, so Pippin gets some honor on the field of battle, but then it feels like his thought is drifting away from his body yeah. as he hears the eagles are coming uh you know nice throwback to the hobbit right absolutely um and then we hear no more yeah he lets his he finally lets his thought drift away and and so now he feels a great amount of relief finally having died (laughs) but also like now we're left at a point where like we don't know if frodo's alive we don't know if sam's alive and we don't know if pippin's alive exactly um aragorn legolas and gimli and gandalf are fighting the last we know of sam is that he was chasing after frodo who was taken by them so yeah so this is great ending of book five right in the Um, midst of battle yeah absolutely i'm very excited to see where we go in book six and close it out the end of this lovely journey that we've been on if you haven't already you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and you can also follow us on twitter at half as well pod or you can check out our website at half as well podcast.com where we have our reading schedule week to week for all these books that we're working our way through on there i'm sage and i'm william and this is half Half as As Well. well